welcome to Don't Call Me a Guru. I am your host, Linda Huang, and today's episode is being recorded at Nate's Radio Studio in Edmonton, Alberta. Don't Call Me a Guru is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. We have a new audio producer joining us this episode, Chantel Dunn. And today we're talking to two very accomplished interior designers who grew their brands and businesses through their blogs and social media, Holly Baker and Christina Dennis, who listeners may better recognize under the names In the Fun Lane and the DIY Mommy, (laughs) are both presenting at the Edmonton Renovation Show running January 24th to 26th. So we're going to pick their brains. Uh, Let's start with letting listeners know a little bit more about both of your social media journeys, kind of how your posts led to the careers that you currently have. Christina, can we start with you? Sure. (laughs) So I actually started by um, starting a blog. Back in 2009, um, I was a graphic designer before that. Had a baby, decided I didn't want to do graphic design or, or um, web design anymore, and then, uh, but I still wanted a creative outlet. So then I started my blog, and it was mostly just for fun, just to share like the crafts and things I was making. Um, but then a few years later, when we started building our home, it turned into um, a way to make money. So that's when I started approaching sponsors and... Um, doing a little bit more like home decor and styling and stuff like that. And then that's kind of when Instagram, Pinterest came on the scene, 2011, 2012-ish. And then I started using those to promote the blog and it kind of just all snowballed from there and uh, eventually became my full-time job. Wonderful. We will dive more into your full-time uh, job in a second. Let's Sounds good. What about Holly? Holly's story? I actually have a story that's very similar to Christina's in a lot of ways in that motherhood kind of prompted the pivot in my life. And that was when I literally bought a house. We had ripped all the bathrooms out and my daughter was born prematurely, brought her home to a house with no functioning toilets. Um, (laughs) You know, it was one of those things where we were just like, okay, we really got to figure this out. And being on maternity leave also kind of times were tight. We were young parents, uh, young homeowners. So the way to get what I wanted, because I'm one of those people who's somehow has the curse of picking the most expensive everything. Like, show me something without tags, (laughs) and I will always pick the most expensive one. The only way you can get that stuff is if you learn to install it yourself, Mm because you can't pay for the labor and the materials on such a tight budget. So, you know, anytime I pick out, like, a marble tile, my husband's like, okay, I'm learning how to install marble tile, I guess, right? (laughs) So we really just kind of started plucking away on it, and that was before Pinterest existed. So I did also create a blog in 2008, and it was my way of cataloging my ideas. Mm -hmm. Like, we used to scrapbook and cut things out of magazines, and it just seemed more efficient for me to kind of share things on there. And it was really just my own personal, like, file folder of ideas Mm -hmm. and progress we'd made, the occasional baby post for my family because I knew they were the only ones reading at the time. (laughs) And uh, it just felt like one thing led to another. And I was like, at the end of that year, I was like, well, I I think I can keep doing this. And for me at that time, it was refinishing furniture. So Mm -hmm. people would bring me their old passed down furniture that had you know, seen some wear and tear and I would bring it back to life. So that's kind of my next step from blogging was to share the makeovers that I did. And um, in the midst of all that, somehow out of the blue, I was just very lucky. And a lovely photographer out of British Columbia contacted me and said, can I take some pictures of your stuff or your house? And I said, no, because I'm like, this lady sees million dollar houses, (laughs) beautiful, professionally (laughs) decorated homes. And um, I just really wasn't seeking out any sort of traffic for my blog or anything. Right. It was just, it's just not something that I was like uh, uh, sure of how to do even. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how she stumbled across me. I've never asked her that question, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe she, after this podcast. I, yeah, I've got some emailing to do. <laughs> but she just was very persistent. And I really owe her a lot because she did eventually get me to say yes about a year and a half later. She shot um, the house and ended up in Style at Home magazine in three different issues that year. Um, and one thing led to another. So through that and my blog, um, basically I was approached to do television yeah. out of the blue. And it was just like all these things that I was not seeking out mm-hmm. have just kind of come to me just because I've shared, mm-hmm. whether it's through my blog or my Instagram. Right. So, so both of you really, it sounds like you started sharing for, for the fun of it. It was, yeah. Just, yeah. it was just your personal interest. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I'll say about this, like Instagram or blogging, if you set out to do it for a career, I don't think 
it will be as easy as you think it will be. Nope. The passion drives it. Yeah. And, 100%. Yeah. And that's contagious for people. And I feel like when you talk to people and you're passionate about your topic mm-hmm. or your, your, your hobbies, um, people are just driven to you. The universe seems to throw things at you and you learn and you just, you have to learn to say yes, even right. when it's really scary. <laughs> Standing up at the home show in front of <laughs> hundreds or thousands of people, literally my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you're when like, you I'm gonna do, do these this. things, you, yeah. you're you like, grow. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. You feel so That's good. Perfect. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I do, I, I feel like I regularly get messages from people who are like, Hey, how do I become an influencer? And <laughs> Hey, how do I get people to pay me to do that? And then I remember, one was hey how do I get restaurants to invite me for free mm-hmm. and I'm like do you eat at these restaurants do yeah you, do you like their food like yeah. what's you know like do you are you actually interested what's in the, the motivation restaurant? Yeah. right yeah <laughs> so that passion is I think is is key yeah um, so when you started I'm imagining or both of you uh, there was no social media plan you had no plan or strategy. Christina no. seems super talented at this. I'm always in awe. Of- I haven't always, though. No. That's <laughs> no. So, so now, is it now? Let's talk about your process now. Is there a plan? Is there a strategy? Do you know what's coming up for posts? Do you know why you're sharing you certain first. things? <laughs> well, I, I certainly do now. Um, when I first started, when it was just for fun, I definitely didn't. Yes. It was just kind of all over the place. And then... Um, I mean, I have three girls and my husband has his own business and there's a lot going on. So I I really, especially now, need to be very smart in how I work mm-hmm. because, as Holly said, if you're passionate about it, it can consume your entire life. Like yes. I, could, yeah. I could be working 24-7 right. if I wanted to and I do enjoy it, but yeah. that's probably not healthy. Not really. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I do try to um, do a lot of scheduling in advance. Um, I work with lots of sponsors now, so I do want to make sure that all my content is all planned out in advance, mm-hmm. that I do... I do a lot of um, research in my analytics to see like what has done well for me in the past, what what my people want to see, mm-hmm. because ultimately I'm at a point where I'm still pa- I'm definitely still passionate about what I write about and do, but I also really want to make sure I serve my audience mm-hmm. and give them what they want. It's not all about me. Yeah. Um. So. I do a lot of research and I do scheduling. I have like this whole Google calendar system where I'm I taking have notes. <laughs> Everyone's taking notes, right? And it, and it does sound like it is a fair amount of work, but then I feel like it saves me so much time in the long run because mm-hmm. everything is scheduled out. I know uh, what videos I'm doing when, so I can kind of work on them in chunks and try to try to just be a little more. Um, just keep everything a little. I don't think you can ever have complete balance in right, life, right. work life, but <laughs> yeah. a little more balance than maybe with if, a plan. Yeah. Yeah. However, that being said, um, I do leave myself the room to uh, jump on a creative idea when I get it. Yeah. So I have a content calendar and it's there. However, some of my best videos and projects have been things that just like pop into my brain right. at two a.m. Yes. and I'm just like, like, oh yeah, this actually could be cool. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do this. So I scrap the video I planned for Saturday, move it somewhere else, and do that video and they actually usually turn out the best that's <laughs> right that's right I totally agree with that yeah and it's funny you picked the two of us because I feel like I'm the total antithesis <laughs> of her a beautiful planning I don't plan anything yeah. like for me social media still is not my revenue source mm-hmm. like I don't think I've ever made a penny yeah. from anything relating to, know, to my yeah. blog or my Instagram it's the opportunities it's that, mm-hmm. that have jumped from yes. that yeah so there's ways people use their Instagram and I'm always in awe of people who whose content pays them like and it's I fully believe that content generating is a very worthwhile career. It's mm-hmm. not easy. Mm-hmm. It looks so easy, and that's how it should look because you're good at it. Yeah. Right? If you if you're doing it right, you shouldn't see how much work it is. <laughs> but I know it's a lot of work. And for me, though, it's I usually first of all I totally pretty much shut down my blog. Like I feel like I just lost the ability to dedicate to that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, over time, I feel like people have shifted away from blog reading a lot ever since like readers have kind of changed and Mm -hmm. like the reader um, feeds and stuff like that have have evolved. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like people need their hits in like small doses, Mm -hmm. Instagram, Instagram stories, Twitter, whatever it is, YouTube videos come so far. Um, And for me, I don't know if it's just the type of career I have, but working in television and and being in that aspect of design now has 
totally changed how I feel about scheduling because in that world, I don't know what tomorrow looks like <laughs> until usually like 11 o'clock. Right. Like you'll see your calendar for the day. It's like, oh, I have to be on set at six. Yeah. Like there's no way I could have <laughs> planned anything, especially a larger scale project or with a sponsor. Um, so for me, when I have downtime, it's just driven by passion right. and it's mm-hmm. not always polished. But I think people are okay with that too. People yeah. like the polished stuff, but they also like seeing that you're a real person. Yeah, the yeah, authenticity um, of that. So for me, it's more like I don't have that schedule, but I still keep posting stuff that I feel is totally in align with mm-hmm. A, my aesthetic or mm-hmm. what I believe in as far as like my design principles. Mm-hmm. It should always be a package. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get, like there's just two to- right. like sides of the coin. Even if it's not written down, you know what your social media look and mm. feel and yes. brand and strategy. I do. Are, and that's yeah. like probably the designer in me. Maybe mm-hmm. people don't always have that as planned out. But I don't have like a posting schedule. Sometimes I'll go like two weeks and I'm like, ooh, I might want to post something so they know I'm alive. But <laughs> It sounds like flexibility is sort of something that's important in both uh, kind of both spectrums. If it's like... your job though, you, you need to be posting, right? Like that's not something you can step away from for two weeks. Your sponsor's going to be like, wait, I sent you all that stuff. Where is the Where is delivery? It? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Christina, you talked about videos. So I know mm-hmm. you do a lot more YouTube videos now uh, mm-hmm. than before. So what can you kind of explain at what point you decided to to switch to that or, or focus more on that or add that to your kind of complement of, of offerings? Yeah. So um, I do a lot of like DIY tutorials on my blog, whether it's like a small craft, like making fabric flowers or something more involved, like an Ikea hack or something. And I just had a lot of messages from people saying, do you have a video on this? Because a video it would be so much easier for me to follow. And I agree that often with those more elaborate um, projects, it is easier to see someone physically do it via video. Totally. So it was mostly because people asked me and I was scared out of my mind because I hate, like I, I'm pretty much like most people where I do not like how I look on video. I don't like how I sound on video. I think I'm She's just- She's wearing very cute glasses right She's now. adorable. <laughs> well, thank you. You got a good luck. But you know, right? Like when you watch yourself yes. on video, oh, you're I just can't. Like, Ew. It's, oh, it's I gross. never watch anything yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I just was like, I'm just not a video person. So, but again, like I really wanted to like serve my audience. I'm like, okay, well, why don't I start? I'll start a YouTube channel. This was 2015, so this was what is that? Six years after I started blogging. Um, and it was just like me making stuff, but just showing my hands doing it. Like I never even had my face on the video. Nothing. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah. So probably the first. I don't remember, but probably the first half a dozen or dozen videos were just my hands making stuff. And um, eventually, just like anything, the more you do it, the more you get comfortable hearing yourself and watching yourself, taking the criticisms, turning them around, working on everything. And uh, it it became like my fastest growing social media platform. Like it just eventually just started like incrementally growing by subscribers and views and everything. How did you, sorry to interrupt. How did you find that it was to like pivot your readers Mm. or your Instagram followers to that? Like the thing I find the absolute hardest is self-promotion. I don't know why, but it's like, (laughs) I can't for the life of me post something and be like, go check out what I'm up to. (laughs) Like, I know it, it, I but some people even, are so good at it. Yeah, I didn't even really promote it because YouTube is in itself such a fantastic search engine and Google always promotes videos top of, mm-hmm. of the search. So it was like YouTube just kind of grew on its own. Like I, I would embed the videos in my blog posts and things, but I didn't even really have to promote it. It, it grew on its own. And now I'm trying to be clever as to how I move those YouTube subscribers because they're almost like a whole other community right. over to my other social uh, channels. So they're not as like, like I pictured it was all overlapping, but Mm-mm. no. Oh, that's genius. Yeah. And See, do you find um, timing, I think, is something that social media managers are always mm-hmm. trying to wrestle with. Yeah. How much time do I devote to this? Mm-hmm. Or, or is this you know, video, for instance, worth my resources right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, so have you found that because you're doing more video, your blog has taken a backseat or your Instagram has taken back, or, mm-hmm. or how do you balance that? Yeah, so I, I kind of, like now that all of this is my job, I'm trying to be really practical about it and uh, not trying to waste time on things that don't, like that don't uh, make money basically mm-hmm. or people don't like. Yeah. So uh, video is doing the best for me like it's offering the most income for us and it's also what people are enjoying right now so yeah the blog has had a little less traffic um 
I, but now like this year, I've been trying to turn it around a little bit because there's been some changes in YouTube and like all social media, we don't own that particular right. platform. So they could take the videos off. They could demonetize me at any point. Yeah. So now I'm trying to be smart about, okay, how can I move this traffic over to my blog? That's something that you How own, could yeah. I maybe embed these videos on my blog via my own host yeah, or different yeah, right. platform yeah, or whatever? Yeah. So, and it, just like all social media, you always have to stay on top of what's happening and try to kind of see what trends are coming, see what you might have to, yeah, Yeah. which I enjoy. I think it's fun to see. And I just always am scared. No, nobody really knows what's going on. I know. Like, things nobody are changing. Knows. What are the algorithms? No. Everything every day. I really, know. That's why it, every day. you don't know what's I'm going so on. I'm so in you awe of what, like, what you do. That's like, <laughs> seriously, the back end stuff is so scary to me. I just want to make pretty things and yeah. take pretty pictures. and But like learning a whole new medium like video, like that's mm-hmm. so inspiring. Good for you. It was hard. It's really hard. <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. You Thank are. You. <laughs> uh, we'll talk more about the content um, that that you're both creating, but I wanted to touch on negativity, perhaps, mm. uh, that you may have encountered over your years, kind of building up uh, your brand and your business. Ha- have so a have you um, had trolls or? criticism or people who maybe don't like you have they been vocal about it do they leave comments do they privately message you how do you deal with that because I think a lot of companies get snarky comments and they're always balancing how do I respond to this do I respond to this what's Mm -hmm. your approach maybe we'll start with Holly you know what I I'm so lucky because I honestly have never had like a true outright like horrible comment like I don't know if I just have been going under the radar or <laughs> if I'm like that You're just amazing bland <laughs> even when you go on TV hey that's impressive. you know what maybe yeah. I just put the blinders on but I first of all I don't seek out anything right. so like if I was to like look for like Google the show name or something mm-hmm. I don't read like newspaper article comments or anything right. when when it has been featured as far as like find seeking me out um on my instagram stuff i've never ever had a rude comment like ever it's wild i don't know knock on wood no <laughs> one listened to this and be like she needs a reality check, <laughs> reality check. <laughs> but i've never had any uh, true outright negativity i sometimes have people who will post the occasional and it's usually via dm uh-huh. which um is like wow you took the time to like message me in private i'm always really really positive and respond back and usually just the fact that you respond is usually enough for people to mm-hmm. like disarm because mm-hmm. they're kind of thinking they're out there to and it's always over something that it's like they assumed i haven't thought of like with yes. old houses they'll be like that's asbestos and like (laughs) you're gonna die in 30 years if you don't protect yourself and I'm always like I think I yeah like it's I'm good I've done my research and thank you but I appreciate the concern and just you know it's important to do your homework I try and just do that but for that reason too I'm also sometimes a little bit conscientious of what I do post Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't open that door yeah Like, I'm just not someone who posts a lot of um, opinionated stuff. First mm-hmm. of all, I feel like there's a ru- there's there's accounts that I enjoy for following that exact for that. formula. That's not who But that's you, not for yeah. me. And uh, as far as, like, seeking out comments, I'm sure they're out there. The best thing you can do is just not engage. And mm-hmm. if you have them coming to you on your platforms, the best thing you can do is just be polite. I mean, it usually is enough to shake them to be like, wow, that, was, that didn't go how I thought it went. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I've been lucky. What about you, Christina? I've definitely had trolls. I feel like Instagram is generally a very happy unicorn rainbow social media. Like, that's probably my favorite one. That's why I post on there as much as I do because I love most people on there. They're very sweet. The community is quite nice, too. Yeah. However, (laughs) if we're talking about the YouTube community, that's a whole other situation. So as much as quickly as you can grow on YouTube, there are so many trolls on there. Like... It's such a huge community that it's... I hate that people have to deal with that. Yeah. So that's probably where I get my worst comments. Um, YouTube has done better over the last couple of years of um, kind of weeding out the trolls Is and it things. just rudeness or is like, it like they, towards your, com- your content? Yeah. So it's or- critique, like kind of what you were saying, like people yeah. critiquing your what you've done. But there's also like personal attacks, like, oh. you know, like your teeth are ugly or like just dumb things That's, like yeah, that. Right? And so I kind of have uh, two approaches. So there's like the constructive criticism, like Holly, like you were saying, um, where someone is kind of questioning why you've done something. And I usually do like a polite response. 
um, back, and then that's usually the end of it, most yeah. likely. Um, but if it's like a personal attack, I just delete it. Mm-hmm. Just move on. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say YouTube and Facebook are quite bad for that. Um, I do have an assistant, a virtual assistant that's worked with me for the past few years, and she's on comment duty now because, oh, good. like, <laughs> it's yeah, it would wear you down. It does, right? and you and do internalize it. You do. And I made yeah. that mistake. The very, you're right. Facebook is. Mm-hmm. I don't go on Facebook. Yeah. for so many reasons, but the very first time an episode of any of my shows aired, it, mm-hmm. I was just like, nope. Shut yeah. it down. Yeah, like you don't, it's hard. It's so and it's so pointless. It's yeah. an it's a battle you can't win. So no. don't direct any of your energy. It's at not it. worth it. No, it certainly isn't. And like, um, I do like I do like when people do suggestions or like cr- criticize in a like. There's such there's so many ways you can. Um, point out maybe mistakes or errors or things in such a wonderful way. A lot of people do that and I like that. I actually like that because it helps me plan my content or my projects later. Like what are people... And make things better. Yeah. Because you want to always be improving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not perfect, that's for sure. But um, yeah, with the ones that aren't helpful, they're just delete, delete, delete. I think it's interesting... (laughs) That's interesting to me because I feel like from a company perspective, there's always this fear that if companies are deleting social media accounts, it's like they're hiding mm-hmm. things. Yes. But I think you need to also step back and consider to what degree of comment or critique or mm-hmm. trolling it is, right? Yeah. And so you ha- and so you decide, you know, if it's a personal attack on me, that's getting deleted. Yeah. But if it's just, uh, I didn't really like this craft, it was kind Whatever. of ugly. Yeah. That's yeah. you know that's mm-hmm. maybe something that doesn't get deleted, yeah, but exactly. gets acknowledged. So it's there's yeah. there's definitely uh, levels or tiers I think of response mm-hmm. um, that yeah. you could have with with these type of people. But damn, the personal attack ones are always yeah they're silly. Yeah, you have to wonder what's really yeah. <laughs> the root of it. <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's true, and yeah. I always do think that if I get something negative personally, and then I I'm about to kind of hit back, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? There's probably some real sad stuff going on. Yes, in life that right. This triggered them. Yeah. Okay, perfect. We're just going to take a quick break to uh, uh, thank our advertiser for this episode, and then we will be back talking to Holly and Christina. This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by ATB Financial. Invest your money, not your time. With ATB Prosper, you can invest online in minutes. Then live your life while Prosper and some smart behind the scenes investment folks grow your money. Get started at atbprosper.com because if you have dreams, you need investments. All right, we are back with Holly and Christina, who will be presenting at the Edmonton Renovation Show January 24th to 26th. They have basically built their careers or, or launched their careers with the help of uh, different social media, social media posts that they've done. Uh, so wanted to know, both of your accounts are, if we're going back to Instagram here, so I think both of your accounts are beautiful. You probably know that they're Thank beautiful you. as well. You work hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you talk about, um, I guess, efforts to make your accounts that beautiful, that kind mm-hmm. of aesthetically pleasing, professional photos versus unprofessional. Do you only do professional photos? I think you have someone, you have a professional photographer helping you now, Christina, mm-hmm. or, or maybe you do too. No, sometimes. No. Yeah, so what's kind of that balance and do you find that, uh, and you sort of mentioned polished, polished versus unpolished, like how much polish is too much mm, polish. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like for me, um, I, I want things to always look good and be cohesive. I think you can be real in a photo without it being, um, I don't know what the word is, but like not everything has to be like magazine worthy, mm-hmm. but you can take a good photo of something that's not magazine worthy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's my approach to it. So totally. I will, and I've actually this year decided that I'm going to do more of that because mm-hmm. it's not that people want the messy and the dirty and the gritty, but I want them to know that like a lot of work goes yeah, into the process, the process yeah, and right. the final product and a lot of time. And if you get in the habit of only sharing those polished pretty afters, Pretty soon, and there's an unsustainable pace that you're trying to mm-hmm. keep up with. Mm-hmm. So if you start sharing the content of the process of making that, I like to show it in as aesthetically pleasing a mm-hmm. way as possible. But I think there's a lot of great content there for my particular set of followers. And it's more to do with the fact that if they're following me, they're probably really, really interested already in the process of you know restoring an old house mm-hmm. or yeah. turning like an ugly old dresser into something cool. Yeah. So I want them to feel like they took part in that transaction, not just that you I showed up before and after. You've taken them along for the yeah, journey. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
But it's harder and harder because people are wanting more and more content, but in a very short flash of time. Mm -hmm. Like things like the one room challenge in particular, Mm -hmm. which might not apply to other things, but in design, blogging or Instagram, it is such a huge thing. And it's Mm -hmm. becoming a thing that happens multiple times a year. And this pace of like remaking over a room in six weeks. It's not sustainable. (laughs) And the the afters aren't just like, wow, they changed the bed and like a few things in the room. It's like, wow, these people took it from like, your grandma's bedroom to something from like a Moroccan like (laughs) it's intense Um, and that's so unsustainable first of all personally Mm -hmm. and second of all I don't really think that's um, a smart approach to design for the average for the average homeowner I think it's remembering again who your audience is Mm -hmm. and what they want are they going to do you. that? Yeah, is it fun to true. watch it? Yeah. Is it something they can tackle in their own life? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Right. You're moving at such a fast speed that you can't share everything. I mean, if you tried, the amount of content there should be spread over months and months. Mm-hmm. But it also makes it seem unattainable for right. the average follower. It's just so unrealistic yes. that you could flip this in six weeks right. or, or do that in First six of all, weeks, yeah. no one flips anything in six weeks. <laughs> like, you know, maybe a room, but like I love debunking like TV myths. Yeah. yeah. But either way, it's like, it's just not realistic. Okay. Because yeah. honestly, on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, I'm like, Bobby, how, what is happening? How do you do these rooms? Yeah. Like, and it's like day four. I'm like, that's not no, day four. No. That is not oh, day four. Oh, yeah. Or there's like eight. <laughs> 80 people doing yeah, it. Yeah, or that, right? Not yes. just one guy. 100 yeah. people coming in. Yeah, there's lots of people. <laughs> uh, what yeah. about you for your, you know, polished versus um, not as polished? So I kind of have like, a, like brand guidelines for myself, like certain mm-hmm. colors and aste- an aesthetic that I like. Um, that I try to stay on top of. I have such like creative quote unquote ADD though. Like so, yeah. sometimes I have a problem with that. Like, well, you're an, you're a graphic designer, so mm-hmm. like this is second nature. I love for all you. colors, which yeah. is the problem. I'm yeah. like, no, I want to stick to like teal and pink, teal and pink for my you're whole like, feed. And no, like, I don't want to live. I really myself. love yellow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do veer off of it. And now your your brand guideline is actually but like all. I the know colors. what you're yeah. talking about. It's like paralysis though when you have a good photo and you're mm-hmm. like, but it doesn't it's fit so the feed. And I'm not one to be like, well, I'll delete these other four so that one fits better. Like, once it's on my feed, it's there for life. I'm not (laughs) deleting content. But, um, yeah. That's so sneaky to do that. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like it at all either. (laughs) But I also feel, like, scared sometimes to post something Mm -hmm. just for that one reason. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you just have to start talking yourself out of the the mental craziness (laughs) of... You're like, okay, I'm thinking about this too You're much now. It. Yeah. And I think, Christina, I saw you posted recently, um, like, oh, here's me holding my nice Christmas gift box. But mm-hmm. then you're like, you know what? Here's all the other takes that it took <laughs> to, like, catch this gift box as yeah. I threw yeah. it in there. And then your face is all scrunched up yeah. and funny. So um, so why why is that important for you to show uh, your, your followers? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, it's just nice... I, as much as I do love an aesthetically pleasing feed because of like the design background mm-hmm. and everything, right? I do appreciate that, and I think it's okay to appreciate mm-hmm. that. And it's I think okay. people appreciate that. People yeah, want they that do. Too. They people like that. Love the art. So it's fine. <laughs> but then you also do want to show some behind the scenes and process, and like you know, in your stories or in a swipe post, like here's how terrible our master bedroom looks most of the time with all the laundry on the bed. Like <laughs> I think that's really important to share that um, it's normal to be messy and to be in process and stuff because um, that just kind of helps people um, get to know you and also kind of feel better about themselves and where they're mm-hmm. at too, right? Yeah. Like it's social media, not- I think, is play- has played, I-, I think, also, I mean, Everyone knows I love social media. Mm-hmm. I think social media posts have also made it very hard for people mentally. Yeah. Yes. FOMO. Like, for sure. You know, yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah. perfect mother over there. Mm-hmm. I'll not, I'm not a perfect mother. Or, oh, my God, perfect house over there. Why is my yeah. house so dirty? Things. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's important <laughs> every so often to show those process things or those behind the scenes. And like, as much as I do have, like, that aesthetic that I want to show and, like, I'm trying to just – I'm trying to stay in the DIY decor – but, you know, sometimes like a selfie or yes. something will do really, really well because it's just I'm just talking about, you know, maybe it's a daily struggle that I've had mm-hmm. or something yeah. and people just seem Relate to resonate to with that. Yeah. 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 I think you do have to have a different. It's like if you're a really good doctor, you don't want to see their bad day. But like as someone <laughs> who's on social media, like that actually is a way for people to connect with yeah. you and lead to better um, future relationships yeah. with either your followers or the mm-hmm. brands you're working with because realness is a commodity in its own. And I think there's a way to share that in a 
still really positive way. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a positivity thing. Like, if you're, yeah. like, sharing the realness, but it's a really negative thing, I don't think that is smart if you're mm-hmm. doing it as a business. If social media is your business, mm-hmm. keep it positive. Mm-hmm. But you keep it real from time to time. And it's okay, like you said, to like the pretty feed. Like, mm-hmm. our eye likes certain things for a reason. It's science. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so if you want... <laughs> science, okay? It's science. <laughs> my feed We're not going to explain like what the science is, but... <laughs> Just trust us, it is. Yeah. So you just have to, but it's hard as the person behind Mm -hmm. the camera deciding what to share, when to take that leap. There's so many times you're like, is this the one? Is that the one? You don't really ever know. You don't. It's just throwing stuff into the wind often on social. You just have to try and see what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like my most liked photo last year was like my daughter dressed up as a goldfish. Like (laughs) I didn't see that coming and I never post her. So I don't know Mm -hmm. if it was because I don't that it it took on its own own. or Or that it showed more of this person personal realness uh, in your life as well. That's right. Yeah. But I find that I do kind of block off me a little. It's weird. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because it's a design focus that I tend to like lean towards. But Mm -hmm. I like following accounts where I know the person better. Right. But I have such a hard time because I'm maybe it's putting yourself out there for that criticism that keeps you holding back. And that's why why you haven't gotten any criticism. That's why. Because I'm guarded. (laughs) Just guard yourself. Guard up, baby. Um, Holly, you are the host of A&E's Vacation Rental Potential. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Um, and that was, so as you've said, uh, haven't made money out of your social media posts, mm-hmm. um, but what your social media posts and, and blog and past has done is opened up opportunities for you. So, so is yes. that how this came about? That is, yeah. So I started, um, like I said, actually, I was featured in Style at Home magazine. Mm-hmm. And this is just fate being a really weird thing that I wish I could understand, but I can't. And uh, just so happened that a set designer from an HGTV show called Income Property saw one of those spreads and just somehow like logged my name or some. I don't know what prompted her to do it. Her name is Sarah Glynn, and she's a wonderful interior designer. Um, and she threw my name out at a production meeting for a show that was p- being pitched about flipping houses. Um, and all around the city of Edmonton, I've flipped a number of houses. Um, so I literally got an email out of the blue that said, have you ever thought of doing TV? And I was like, spam, <laughs> move along. Yeah, this can't be real. Like two days later, I was like, I'm just going to Google that name. Like, I don't know. what <laughs> I was like, yeah. wait, did I do a horrible thing? Yeah. So I Googled it and it was like, okay, that person really exists. And He's got so some works big cre- TV. Yep, yeah, works on some pretty good shows. Um, so actually, I did respond back and said, no, I have never thought of that. Like I am, uh, like I said, a very private person, mm. and I don't really feel like I have the right set of credentials. But okay, cool. <laughs> um, and then like two weeks later, they flew a crew out. Uh, we filmed a sizzle reel, is what they're called. Mm, it's nice, like a two-minute yeah. kind of. Um, summary of your personality and what you do and your skill set. Um, so I did that. And then for about two years, I basically just carried on with my life because I had a show that I was working on in the States on HGTV mm-hmm. that does not air in Canada. So I would come home and be normal <laughs> Holly and no one would know anything's <laughs> happening. And I'm like not allowed to say anything. Yeah. And then it would like air on HGTV US after like Fixer Upper. So I worked in New Orleans for a couple of years on that program. Um, That show ended up being one of those things where, um, I don't know, it's just like I'm going back and forth. I have a young daughter. Mm -hmm. How do I juggle this? Do we move? Do we not move? Um, So it just it became a lot. And so we kind of were like, let's just take a step back to our normal life. So we went back to our normal lives Mm -hmm. um, for three whole months. And then I got a call (laughs) from A&E that said, we really have a great show. We think you'd be a great host. It's and when I heard the premise of it, I was like, this is what I've been waiting for. Perfect. Um, I love flipping houses. I love doing major renos. Um, some of those ones, I mean, I renovated a house in New Orleans that had been abandoned since 1896. Oh, like wow. we're talking uh-huh. houses that needed e- electricity and yeah. plumbing, everything. Amazing. But those are intense. Like that was a six week turnaround. <laughs> yeah. And Holly oh, doesn't God. sleep when she's filming for 12 hours and right. then going to Target to look for throw pillows until it closes at midnight. Right. So it was just an unsustainable lifestyle mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And when they pitched this show, I was like, yes, this is great. So the premise of that show is we travel around um, to different cities. Every week we're in a new city and I help homeowners. It's like a house hunt. We help them pick a house that they are going to put on VRBO, Airbnb, Perfect. and then we give it a fresh makeover so that they can make the most amount of money. Because yeah. for most people, owning a second home is not 
in the cards. Right. The only way to do it is to somehow subsidize it by yeah. earning money with that home. Right. Um, and I do have a property in Edmonton that I do have as a VRBO property that I know people go, Edmonton? Like, who's coming to Edmonton? <laughs> people it come is to Edmonton. so <laughs> lucrative. Yeah. So um, it's it's been so fun to share that side of real estate mm-hmm. with people, be involved in the makeovers, get to meet really cool people. But at the end of the day, after a week, I come home. So yeah, it's awesome. been a that's lot perfect. more sustainable. So we've been to 20 cities, done 20 makeovers um, in the last year and a half. Now I'm making over my own home and taking a little break. <laughs> but all of that's that. Yeah, take a break <laughs> by doing the Edmonton break, right? home <laughs> renovation show. But all of that came from starting. All from- of that came from putting myself out there. Yeah. And I think much like social media, it's one of those things where if you are a positive person, you do your best work all the time and are generally a really great person to interact with, things will follow. And mm-hmm. I think that happens on social media. And I think that happens in almost any other industry. Like mm-hmm. if you were just that person that shows up every day on time, unlike today, oh my God. <laughs> and um, I was about 25 I was... minutes late. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so out of character for me. But I I just I feel like that's the key to being good at social media, yeah. being real, but being really good at your job and being positive. Like those those three things are the recipe for almost anything. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I love that. Can we talk about engaging or engagement or talking to your audience and mm-hmm. um, and your followers and that sort of thing. Uh, Christina, I, you know, you reply to everyone who, or from what I've seen in my scrolls, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm almost, not creeping almost. all your comments. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you reply yeah. to most people. Mm-hmm. Why is that important for you? Um, and I imagine uh, you probably get a, a lot more that people can't see, like direct mm-hmm. messages too. Like oh, yeah. how... And that ends up taking quite a bit of time oh, to manage, yeah. too. Yeah, um, it but, sure does. Why, but why do you, um, you know, why why do you do it? Why why would that be something mm-hmm. that social media managers or people or companies should should be doing? Yeah. So there's, I think there's a couple of reasons. Uh, the first reason is because they're taking time out of their day to make a comment. And, I mean, we're all so busy. And if they're taking that time to post a comment or to DM you, I think it's just courtesy to reply back because mm-hmm. yes. um, that's such – I mean, it's a fa- that's my job right now is people watching my stuff and commenting. And if they're taking the time to do that, then the least I can do is write back a quick thank you or something, mm-hmm. right? So just – I think it's just courteous. And then secondly, um, I mean, the more engagement and comments and replies back you have on social media, the higher up in the algorithm you're more yes. likely to be. So it's a good thing for both those reasons. Mm-hmm. There's rewards to mm-hmm. being a good – Yeah. For being a good person, <laughs> a good person. <laughs> yeah. Right. But it is. It's true. It's funny how many times you get a DM or something and then you respond back and the first comment is, thanks for responding. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. how many people are out here I not know. responding? Not yeah. responding. Yeah. People, yeah, someone freaks out because you respond. You're like, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I'm like, mm. no, I'm just normal. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's yeah, what people it's so forget, strange. Yeah. <laughs> it is It is very time consuming though and I think that's another thing that could take over your life yes. if you let it. So I find you, ser- you definitely have to time block that. So, yeah. you know, 7 p.m., I tuck the kids in bed and then I go sit in my bed at 7.30 and I'm like, okay, yeah. this is the time I post my post, spend 15 minutes replying to all the comments and then another 15 doing, like, if you don't do that, you could be on your phone literally 24 It's a vortex you get sucked into yes. as well. Like, oh, I find sure. that that's some of the things that have caused me to actually not post on my feed as much mm-hmm. is that... I am also of the same mindset that if someone's commenting, you're going to comment back. Mm-hmm. And I don't. That time. That time. That so I know that yeah. if I'm going to post something, don't do it till you yeah, until have you a half be hour. There. Time. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Because yeah. if I do it while I'm in traffic and I was like just ready to press post yeah. or something and then I mm-hmm. come back, there'll be too many, first of all, and it'll feel overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then you go maybe tomorrow. And then before, you know, two days it's have gone too by. Late, you're like, not now happening. this looks weird if I reply. Yeah. Now <laughs> I look weird. But mm-hmm. yeah, then you just realize like, wow, if you were to post two or three times a day or post multiple stories a day, mm-hmm. that's easily two or three hours that of response time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. think knowing and blocking off the time makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. And yeah, and when you know that maybe a topic that you're going to share is mm-hmm. going to get a lot of responses yeah. and making sure that you're on there yeah. on that. And yeah. you can delegate too. Like if you have a team, like I have a my assistant, she'll do the the socials I don't like as much to reply back, like YouTube, for example. <laughs> yeah. She'll do lots of replies for me and then send me any questions that people have that I have to personally reply to. So right. there's ways to kind of help the time management. Yeah. Well, and even the idea of making a post mm-hmm. or like even the taking the time to find all the right tags beforehand yeah. so that people can just be like, oh, just click the links on the 
whatever or put the swipe up on your stories like right. that lead up before you post something it's not as instantaneous as people like to think it is they yeah. go oh they post a picture and make so much money and all this stuff and I'm like no. first of all no so it's work. like four cents a click or something <laughs> crazy there needs to be lots of clicking happening but also you just the the doing it right part mm-hmm. is it the back end mm-hmm. is time consuming so it's nice to see that people do have questions and interact with yeah. you and then thank them for that interaction mm-hmm. because for that's sure. a pointless endeavor otherwise. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I'm always, I always feel like so grateful that there would even be people that mm. care. I know. <laughs> I know. I never want to, I never want to get to the point in my career where I don't we're care. We're like, of yeah. course you should care. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> I don't think we should ever take that for granted. No, 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 no. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Can we talk about, I mean, you're sort of talking about, you know, the time that it takes to to come up with the hashtags or develop the links. Um, I'm seeing longer and longer captions. I feel like people are really talking more about the background or the context or the process mm-hmm. uh, in their, ca- or sometimes it's just a clever caption. It's a punny caption. It's a funny caption. Um, do you find that there's a way of writing your content that maybe engages or works better with your audience than 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 other types of posts that you've made? Or are mm-hmm. you always are you always just trying things out? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both for me. Really, I was like, no, she probably has a plan. She knows no, the science. No, uh-uh, because like I said before, there's so many changes happening in all of the social media, especially Instagram. Like it's changed yeah. a lot in the last two years say right with how things are seen and not I know right so I experiment a lot because it's interesting like some things that I don't think will do well will and vice versa right Um, I do agree that longer captions usually are better because what I find is that that will kind of help you with the more personal aspect Mm -hmm. you can maybe do more of a story plus it can also make a post more savable like say if you're sharing a little bit of a tutorial in the caption or a recipe or Mm -hmm. something people might save that or send that to someone yeah yeah, it's uh, so valuable in itself you're not sending people to your blog or whatever right so that's um, but then of course I'm balancing that out with okay how do I send people to my blog and not give everything (laughs) Everything away away. (laughs) on Instagram so they have no reason to visit well that's the whole reason I stopped posting my blog Mm -hmm. it was just like I feel like I'm giving away the milk for free like it's tricky it is it's tricky so um and I I think the longer captions just give people they usually mean that you're really revealing more of yourself in some way whether that is something that you want to say about something more that you want to say yeah and so I agree those are the ones that I usually see the most interaction with as far as comments Mm -hmm. from people um and same with Instagram stories, the ones where you kind of maybe barrel a little mm-hmm. bit more. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones people go, yeah, me too, or I feel the same way. And I just think that little bit of engagement is so positive that people, because like I said, I'm someone who will respond back even if they're just like, me too. You know, I'll, we'll, we're going to have a conversation. So yeah. I feel like people connect to you in a little bit different way when you reveal more. But, God, I wish I was that person who was so punny like that. Like, <laughs> I'm not the Twitter. <laughs> like, Man, no. yeah, those people. Nah. I'm wowed. Like, you can honestly Google, like, pumpkin puns, apple puns. Like, you can look yeah, yeah. I've like, definitely 100% done that. Like, every letterboard saying has been regurgitated <laughs> now, has, like, so yeah. many times. Thanks, Pinterest. So you got to fight harder yeah. <laughs> to be punnier and Yeah, clever. yeah the mental energy that takes I don't mm-hmm. have that <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny uh, okay so we're gonna take one more break one more uh, advertiser mention and then we'll be back talking uh, to Holly and Christina um, I've been having so much fun I hope listeners have as well I hope you guys are, are awesome. having fun <laughs> okay This episode of Don't Call Me a Guru is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes which runs until February 17th Edmonton is the first and so far only Canadian city to host the exhibit, which features more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. Travel through the mysterious mirror dimension of Doctor Strange, digitally transform into Iron Man, and pose for selfies with Black Panther, Spider-Man, and other iconic Marvel characters. Learn the story of Marvel and its influence on visual culture. Buy your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. That's tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. All right, we are back with Holly Baker and Christina Dennis, popular social media slash TV slash YouTube personality slash 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 slash. Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, you can find them on a lot of different platforms. Uh, they're going to be presenting at the Edmonton Renovation Show uh, January 24th to 26th, and they've kind of been uh, taking us into or giving us a, a peek, a behind-the-scenes look at how they sort of approach um, their social media brand and their business. Um, I would love to ask you about how how you're making money, <laughs> how you're currently Ooh. making money, <laughs> how and, and what role social media plays uh, in that. So, um, I mean, I know uh, both of you do offer sort of interior design services, but there's uh, there's other there's, you know, there's sponsored posts, there's sponsored videos. Um, can you talk about how um, or the different ways that um, social media can can be an income for for people? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me. I, I love that Holly's and my income revenues are going to be totally different. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be really interesting. <laughs> so for me, I actually don't offer any like decorating services or anything uh-huh. in real life. I do do um, – I have done a l- couple series on YouTube where I do like virtual makeovers, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm just at the stage of life right now with, with younger kids that I'm trying to keep everything – at home, so that yep. means that all of this social media is a fantastic way for me to make money at home. Um, so I feel like it's always evolving and changing the ways that I make income. And I feel like with what I do, I always kind of have to keep like um, my hands in all sorts of different mm-hmm. baskets. Like I can't put all my eggs in one basket, yes. right? So I make most of my money probably through sponsor posts, whether that's a sponsor blog post, sponsored YouTube video, Instagram post. Uh, so basically that means that I work with different brands. They ask me to promote a product and I try to promote that in as natural a way as possible um, in a piece of content that, that makes sense for your audience. Exactly. Yeah. So something I really like to stay um, more educational. So I like to do like a tutorial or like design tips or something right. like that. Try to make it valuable. Like make it your own. Exactly. I don't want it just to be like, here's the thing. Yeah. And enjoy, <laughs> right? Like it has, it has to be like, I always have to think, how can, I, with you. how can I make this valuable to my mm-hmm. audience? Like if I'm just yeah. showing off something that I have that is not valuable at all, right? Yes. Oh my so, gosh, yes. I see, yeah. a lot. I, I see a lot of those where it's and like, oh, that's cool that you have that. <laughs> yes. How is that? Thank you. <laughs> what does that mean for us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I think yes. the key for those sponsor posts is you have to really think, A, should I even accept this offer? Because if it's not an item that I would even use, Mm -hmm. then you shouldn't be promoting it. And B, how can I turn this around into a piece of content that is valuable? And value doesn't have to be education. I think it could also be entertainment, which I'm not very good at. Like, I'm not an entertainer, (laughs) which is fine. But there are some people that are, and they maybe could hold a product and be entertaining with it Mm -hmm. somehow. And it could be hilarious or whatever, inspiring or something. But for me, it's education, so I try to keep it at that. So sponsored posts, um, I also make ad revenue. So um, I have like ads on my blog, pre-roll ads on YouTube. Um, and those are, I mean, they go up as your traffic goes up. So mm-hmm. those can be lucrative eventually, but it takes years and years yes. and years yes. of sharing good free content for that yes. to work for you. And that's why you need to love what you're doing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you have to be willing to do it for free for a little while, for sure, to get ad revenue. Um, and then also um, I've done, oh, man, there's so many different things that you can do. You can do affiliate links, affiliate mm-hmm. marketing. So you can share products and make a little bit of an income off of that. Um, what else? That's probably the, the three main sources that mm-hmm. I have right now. But I'm always kind of keeping my eye open for what might, if something sinks eventually, what could be the yeah. next thing? Maybe an ebook, maybe something like that. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like that's the thing with social media is people who think it's an easy job, like pretty much everything you do is for free in hopes that it will lead yeah. to something else. So unless right. you really love it, it's not gonna work. you're not going to love this job. Yeah. Um, it's just a pointless job, really. You'll burn out pretty You quick. will burn out. <laughs> and more importantly, you'll be like, why? Yeah. Like, why yeah. is no one giving me a free trip to Bali? Right. Like, yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> I would to- say that's the biggest problem is people give up too soon. And by too soon, I mean three years yeah it's years it's years and years i don't like to use the word game but like that phrase mm-hmm. like it's a long game it is, it's like it is you a need game. to invest yeah you're t- it's mm-hmm. yeah it's no different than a photographer investing in making a portfolio right. and you know they're going to need to get models or yeah. you know and you out, need yeah. to do that you need to do that for a long or, time yeah, for, a while, yeah. for people to recognize your talent mm-hmm. um and i think much like many jobs in this today's world in general it's all gigs so for me um i don't make money off of my instagram posting um if i'm sharing something it's usually because 
I bought it. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I've just never explored that for myself. And I don't think it's because I, I think I just haven't had time till now. And like, honestly, we just have been working on a new house. It's the first time yeah. I've had like five minutes to breathe in yeah. a few years. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, whoa, actually, I'm, I've had people come to me mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa, wait, people are out there going to people and they're just like handing you stuff. Like I'm, I'm so mesmerized. I'm like exploring <laughs> all this for the first time. And it's wow. It's just like, I see how it can work so well for people who have built up that following. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's ways to explore that in a real, like, like the way Christina does, right. where and it's choosing the right partnerships, fully in right alignment yeah. with it's what you're be in already doing. Exactly. And um, otherwise you just lose all your clout. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, uh, what I do is obviously I share rooms and projects I'm working on. Um, I, I do offer design services because of my scheduling. It's pretty t- you know, touch and go mm-hmm. if I take very many. Usually it's only one or two a year in a project that I feel is a good personal fit. And that's been nice. really lucky because yeah. interior design is a challenging field if you're working with people who just you're not on the same page with, but you need to work. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I always say like you're actually a therapist like 50% of the time, especially if you're working with couples and they yeah. have two different ideas of what yeah. they want the outcomes to be. So I have been lucky enough to take some really great clients in the Edmonton area the last few years. Um, I do work often with people just remotely via like Skype or mm-hmm. FaceTime, either talking through potential ideas for uh VRBO property they might be looking at buying, ways that they would be able to generate more money off of that. So mm-hmm. a little bit of consulting in that side. Mm-hmm. Um, but Primarily, that's driven by the TV show. No one else knows I do that, really. Right. But um, so for me, it's that. And then speaking at things like the Home and Garden Show or the Edmonton Reno Show, right. um, or you know, sometimes private events. I've been hired by hospitals to speak at gala. Like, yeah. there's some really cool ways yeah. that you mm-hmm. can put yourself out there. All that I will say is that you really need to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you won't make anything at this unless you are willing to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> social media is so misleading because you are in your own private haven when you're posting. Yeah. And then you're out in the real then world. You start, you start op- opening up these opportunities. Opening these and- doors <laughs> and you're like, but I feel like a fraud. Yeah. Am I really that yeah. good at what or I do? And so syndrome. you, yes, I have major imposter syndrome like all the time. And so you just have to feel okay with sitting in that discomfort because it's one of those jobs where when you're at home and the people around you love you and you're in your comfort zone when you're posting and <laughs> yeah. making stuff. But out in the real world, you're still that same person and people are going to approach you or people are going to ask you to come and speak in front of hundreds of people. And for most of us, that's like the worst feeling ever so yeah yeah, you have to be willing to sell yourself you have to be willing to pitch yourself and you have to be willing to put yourself in these like uncomfortable situations that Mm -hmm. to make any money really Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 know that what you're selling or pitching or agreeing to is in alignment with always yeah otherwise who you are yeah, otherwise it's Especially a very that's short-lived. What built your, it's right. built your entire... Yeah, I'm know. not going to blow it all on a Charmin <laughs> thing right now, you know? Like, nothing against Charmin, but I just... That's not for me, you No, know? for sure. I need to find other brands that are pitching stuff that I would be mm-hmm. willing to use. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. In terms of, you know, you, you say sometimes you try things, you experiment with things, you know, you've, you've turned to video, for instance. Um, what different social media features have you sort of hopped onto or tried? Um, what's, have things worked? Have things not worked? Have you kind of veered, veered away from things? Um, mm-hmm. Even something as simple as, a, you know, do you do a lot of Instagram story polls? Like, mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. those type of things. Um, can, can you talk about that? Yeah, I I always try new things all the time because I enjoy it, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, like I said before, I think you always have to be constantly learning and being willing to try new things in order to sustain this business, essentially. Um, I think uh, things go in phases. Like you kind of have to know what's going to work when or at least try. Um, definitely Instagram stories is doing well for me. I think people love to see that behind the scenes stuff. They also love to interact. They definitely yeah. love polls, questions. Um, and even if, like, to be honest, I don't really care if I ask people their opinions on what I'm doing in, in the project. And oh, my God. I love that you said that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm so impressed much. that you said that. <laughs> I love that you said it. I mean, it's not like it's, I don't care. I get what you mean. I, yeah, find yes. it, I find it interesting, and I love to get the, but I'll do what I'm going to do. Right. Anyway. Like, it's, yes. like it's, yeah. That's what I'm saying. No, I know. I know exactly on. what you're saying. <laughs> but I see so many people who post it, and then they're like, guys, but I really wanted to go with the other. <laughs> you know, like, I'm always like, what did you think was going to happen? You 
to be willing to just do it. Like, just do it anyway. No, I'll do what I want to do. Because I, I, usually, I usually know what I want to do right. for projects. But it's but interesting to see people's perspective. Yeah. yeah. And people love that. They love giving you their opinion, yeah. of course. So I think that's always good to get, try to get that interaction. Um, video is done well. Short form video. I'm trying to you know, edit my longer YouTube videos into short form video, on mm-hmm. whether it be Instagram, Instagram stories. Trying TikTok and doing a little. Ooh, wow. is the DIY mommy on TikTok? Is she is. <laughs> yeah, she is. It's such. It's. I don't I think it's my TikTok now. I don't know. What are you? Are, what are you doing? Like, a, what's a sample? Are you lip syncing to like pop music? Uh, no lip syncing yet. <laughs> yeah, but I'm trying. Like, I've done. I've done like you know sped up versions of my makeovers or something on there. But then I've also done like little dances. But I'm trying to like relate them to, to home decor. S- yeah. So I did like a throw pillow dance and like, I love a dance. it. Yeah, like oh I feel God. like yours would be funny like you know because I feel like some TikToks are always like when you mm-hmm. and then it like something is relatable yeah. but like you could do like Trying to relate home to- stuff right you know when when your thing that you could oh, no when you spend all day in the kitchen cooking for your kids and yes. they all hate it or something exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's my demo there like it's the, it's, it's all for millennials sure. there yeah. so I don't but really trying know to decide. but still like it's fine it's and fun my, to experiment. I love that you are so into like honestly I need you to come help me because <laughs> I am so scared of new stuff like that like I think I've got so many negative comments I'm like whatever I just feel like I'm like (laughs) like, like, I'm just like oh I'm starting over like like, it's starting over essentially Mm -hmm. it's so weird but I love that you do that I I honestly feel like um, there's so many people that I see do things successfully and like I love when people share like a real um like another account that A is either mm. very similar to theirs, but they yeah. also don't just be like doing this weird link thing. Like, first of all, we all <laughs> hate giveaways when we have to tag like 80 people <laughs> right. and we have to follow 20 people the and then go loop, in some circle. Giveaway, yeah, right. don't do that. That's not good. Um, so you won't ever and see me like, doing when those. is this going to end? Yeah. Oh I'm like, and I have to write all these down somewhere in my phone so I remember to unfollow once <laughs> I like, don't yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like um, for me, the engagement is really important too. I think there's so many fun ways to do that in stories where it doesn't change your aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's erased in a day um, mm-hmm. unless you highlight it, but it's still pretty much like in the moment. It's a lot more fun to interact with people in the moment with mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. I love also on Twitter finding ways to have like, like the great thing about Twitter is we're collectively experiencing something, whether it's like a TV show or watching a mm-hmm. hockey game. Um, so I personally have had a lot of great success with finding people on Twitter that mm-hmm. have very similar um basically are experiencing the same thing. So for me, it's like either my favorite show or tweeting about my show. Like some of my favorite people I've ever met who have done 10 times more publicity for me than I could ever do for myself are fellow um, people in like watch parties or, yeah, I've found that those really take on a life of their own um, by finding people with like, they're very passionate and smart Mm. because I don't have that, like I said, that Twitter wit. Um, (laughs) I'm lacking in puns. Yeah, I lack Twitter wit. (laughs) We're not comedians here. So (laughs) I just feel like there's some great people. You need to find ways to find those like-minded people Mm -hmm. to either share accounts with, um, you know, throw yourself out there. Say, do you want to do an exchange with, you know, with me? I'll fo- feature you one week. Feature us, you know, don't do it the same day. So mm-hmm. it looks really glaringly obvious. <laughs> yeah. You need to keep it all organic. I think that's the that's the thing about social media is it needs to feel like effortless mm-hmm. in a weird way when mm-hmm. it's definitely not. It right. takes a lot of effort. Yeah. It worked really hard to make it look effortless. We work so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so you have to find someone else who's at your caliber. Like there's so many people who I, I often get people who are like just starting out and they want to mm-hmm. do some sort of change and I'm like what do I get in it though like you have to kind of like meet your your peers Mm -hmm. and each to go halfway Mm -hmm. like if you can Mm -hmm. find the people in your circle that are doing that um that's so valuable so like they can sell you you know share tips with you let alone share you with their audience but you know expanding your audience is easiest to do when you're engaged in Mm -hmm. your products Mm -hmm. in your posts what um what would you guys give as sort of your your final pieces of advice for keeping in mind that the people that are listening are probably managing social media accounts for businesses mm-hmm. or nonprofits, and some maybe also have their own personal brands that they're trying to build up but um, what are uh, maybe three things uh, three takeaways or, or kind of leaving words you want to say about how they could be improving their social um, for their themselves or their business mm-hmm I would say um, 
number one to, yeah, let, never take your commenters, your audience for granted, to always try to be replying and appreciating and engaging. Um, number two, don't be afraid to try new things, whether it's a new social media or a different way to post something on social media. Try to keep learning and growing that way and just seeing maybe what you could try and not being afraid to fail. Um, and then I also think that um, consistency is key. It doesn't have to be um, volume. I'd say rather consistency on social media. So mm -hmm. whether you can post once a day, once a week, once a month, keeping that consistency yeah. there and um, really committing to it, I think is important as well. Perfect. Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that I would say for especially for brands or social media managers is the biggest sin is honestly overposting. Mm -hmm. Like if you're somebody that I like following, even if I really, really adore you, if you're overposting, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to mute you. There's like a fatigue. There's a fatigue there. <laughs> yeah. And I unfortunately see some of my favorite accounts do mm -hmm. this, yeah. especially on stories. If it starts oh, to look like dots, <laughs> right. no one wants the dots. Yeah. No, I totally that's agree with too that. much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so so you don't want to burn people out on what you're putting out there. You don't want to burn yourself out on creating some sort right. of schedule that yeah. you have to maintain then. If you can't post like 20 times a day and then suddenly you don't post for two weeks, people mm -hmm. are going to be like, are you alive? That's like right. what's happening? Yeah. So I agree with Christina that consistency is really good, but just know your your role in that. Mm -hmm. So like if you're a brand, um, you know, brands I think have to be a lot more cognizant of, of fatigue because it just mm -hmm. seems like a constant shill otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if it's more personal, if you're like a one man show and that you're creating your own brand. I think you can definitely show your personal side a little bit more. For bigger brands, polish is really important. You just need to have that like professionalism in there. I think the second thing I would tell people is that um, put yourself out there with like-minded people or people that mm -hmm. you admire. So whether that is mm -hmm. to get more reach for your content, your product, share give gifting products i think that there is such a great potential i, I know a lot of people already do this a lot of people accept those gifted things but finding those perfect matches mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you hit a home run like that um that you can't put a price tag on it for a brand mm -hmm. and i've had so many brands tell me that when they've you know we've done these small collaborations and if it goes really well they're literally like we couldn't have paid a photographer and a set designer and all these things okay. to, to yeah. do it you know like yeah. the the value in finding but, a content creator but that work in finding that perfect mm -hmm. yes right you I need to like brands really lack that yeah me too yeah me too <laughs> and don't just take the people who approach you as a brand sure. re be the one to reach out. I think that mm -hmm. that's a really strong position to put yourself in. Mm -hmm. And then that way you have control over what deliverables you'd want mm -hmm. in exchange for that. Because that's important to be like, if I'm giving you this, I'm going to need X, Y, Z. Don't just be like, I'll send it to you and right. see what Make happens. Make it very clear what you want to get out of I your relationship. I want three posts, two yeah. stories, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So if you're a brand, and even as myself, when I have people reach out and want to collaborate, I'm really clear what I need mm -hmm. in return. I mean, mm -hmm. they're going to need like X amount of money for the campaign mm -hmm. or you know, a certain amount of mm -hmm. product or whatever it is. Like you just need to be... It needs to work for both sides. It needs sides. to work for both sides. You also all need to have a lot of clarity on mm -hmm. what you're both yes. bringing to the so table. Important. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, I do feel like in those type of influencer uh, partnerships, the brand should be the one that has done the most legwork to figure yes. out this is what we want because mm -hmm. we're working together to help them achieve what it is that they want. Yeah. But you need to make it as mutually beneficial as yes. possible yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And maybe have, you know, like some really good, clear rules on what kind of content they make and who owns that content. Right. Like you don't want to have some great picture that's going on every social media account. Like you need to vary up your content. Like I shouldn't have the same post picture posted mm -hmm. in my feed as I then just post one Instagram story. Mm -hmm. I feel like you need to know what content you're making for which which stream it's like going medium, in. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're on Twitter, pictures can do a little bit, video can do a little bit, but I think you need that wit. You know, mm -hmm. like the biggest successful brands on Twitter have a war room where they're constantly just have like comedians sitting in there <laughs> coming up with amazing responses to like crazy things. Mm -hmm. right. um, I think it's so interesting how different the social media it can is, be. And you right? do have to know your audience on each one. Each yes. one you can different. be, you know, you can be a brand and know kind of your brand strategy overall, but you should know like what your audience likes on each Absolutely. Account. And it's probably it's not different. the same. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not the same. So when I see brands post something in their feed and then 
then it's just like a repost their stories. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, like you're not taking the time. Yeah. And that is a reflection on your brand in itself. Like if you, you'd be better off not to post it to your story. Like mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest. I think that the amount of time you're devoting to something, it shows whether you're being lazy or whether you don't understand it. That's totally different. Mm-hmm. But just being lazy is not right. a good look on social media. Resourcing, I think, is always an issue. And if you're going to jump into or, or try to do really well at a platform, then you have to make sure that you've got time to properly be planning mm-hmm. yeah. and creating and then publishing. Absolutely. And then responding as yeah. well. To yeah. It's you like, like end this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many steps? Yeah. Like one account I love locally that does that is um, Red Ribbon Boutique. Like oh, every yeah. day, you know, mm-hmm. they'll create like a cool outfit and then mm-hmm. they show it as a flat lay in their story or in their feed. And then in their story, their employees wearing it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I feel yeah, like, I, you know, I want to see that you can be the overlapping content, mm-hmm. but I want to see it in different mediums depending mm-hmm. on what I'm looking for. Like yeah. If I'm on stories, I'm on a quick hit. I don't need a 10 hour monologue <laughs> on, you know, whatever. Actually, I did, uh, I did follow someone a few months ago who realized when he posted um, he posted a hundred stories. Oh my word. And that was the max. He reached the max. <laughs> he it. reached it. So, Good he, like, to know. so he deleted one and then he said, I can't post anymore. I guess a hundred is the max. Oh, wow. like, well, no one really was looking I at that. I actually already knew that. I did that with highlights. That's the limit oh. on highlights. Yeah. Because I'll just keep adding yeah. To, yeah. to the same well, highlight. See, so yeah. So and then I did, I've only ever filled up one of my highlights up to a hundred. It was my pets. Mm-hmm. My Aww. pets highlights. Fair enough. Now I have two pets highlights. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing stopping me from starting yeah. another <laughs> Who made that rule? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you so much, both of you, for coming on this thank panel. You. Thank you so uh, much. Hope the listeners have learned a lot. You can catch Holly in the fun lane on the main stage at the Edmonton Renovation Show, January 25th and 26th. That's 1 o'clock and 12 o'clock, respectively. Please Christina, come. the DIY mommy, will be presenting at the show on Friday at 7. Sorry, that's the 24th. I'm like, I don't know when you guys are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's in January, so if you listen in February, it's over. Uh, but you can message them. <laughs> Otherwise, That's and they right. will reply. Yes, uh, and then yes, of course, you can catch all of their uh, home interior uh, DIY inspiration on their social media uh, accounts. And yeah, I think uh, I think we've got some end credits to roll. But thank you, uh, Chantel, our new audio producer as well, who's gonna make us sound good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we will be back next month for another social media podcast episode. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic to cover feel free to tweet me at Lindork. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. The podcast you are listening to today was produced by Chantel Dunn at the Nate Radio and Television Studios. The music bed for this episode was produced with the help of Doug Hoyer. The logo for Don't Call Me a Guru was designed with the help of graphic designer Rory Lee. Don't Call Me a Guru is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Financial. (laughs) 